2: Now the Father prunes true branches by removing anything that might sap their spiritual strength and their fruitful results. And it means stripping away anything that limits righteousness. It means to have our bad habits stripped away, to have our priorities reordered, to have our values changed. Sometimes it means the removal of friends or circumstances that hinder our spiritual growth. Sometimes it means coming under God's discipline.
1: That can be tough, can't it? But it is good for us. Welcome to another edition of Study Verse by Verse with Pastor Leighton Sheely from Church of the Highlands in San Bruno. I'm Mike Trout. So glad you've joined us on this Tuesday as he continues in the book of John, the 15th chapter, where Jesus talks about being the true vine.
2: The point of this analogy is not to define the relationship between Father and Son, but to, to, to describe the Father's care for the vine and the branches. The role of the father here is decisive. He watches over the vine... and he takes the action of of a vine dresser... to secure fruitfulness. The emphasis is on bearing fruit. That's the reason for growing a vine. In a vineyard, fruitfulness is not simply desirable. It's imperative. That's the whole point of having a vineyard. That's why a vineyard exists. And pruning is resorted to... to ensure that this takes place. If you leave a vine to itself... It will produce a good amount of unproductive wild growth. Now, as noted above, there are two types of branches that are, are represented here the genuine branches that abide in him, and the false branches that do not. Verses 2 through 11, except for verse 6, describe the blessings and the characteristics of branches that abide. Verse 6 describes branches that do not abide. Let's look at the description of branches that abide first. Every branch in me that does not bear fruit, he takes away. And every branch that does bear fruit, he prunes that it may be more bear more fruit. Already you are clean because of the word I have spoken to you. Abide in me and I in you. As the branch cannot bear fruit by itself unless it abides in the vine, neither can you. Unless you abide in me, I am the vine; you are the branches. Whoever abides in me, and I in him, he it is that bears much fruit. For apart from me, you can do nothing. Verse seven: If you abide in me, and my words abide in you, ask whatever you wish, and it will be done for you. But this is this my by this my Father is glorified, that you bear much fruit, and so prove to be my disciples. As the fathers loved me, so have I loved you. Abide in my love. If you keep my commandments, you will abide in my love, just as I have kept my Father's commandments and abide in his love. These things I have spoken to you, that my joy may be in you, and that your joy may be full or complete. So Jesus here identifies three distinguishing marks of true branches. First off, they bear fruit. Secondly, they abide in Christ's love. And thirdly, they operate in obedience. They keep the commandments. They follow the example of Jesus Christ who kept the commandments of his Father perfectly. Obedience proves that a person's love for Christ is genuine. We've talked about that as a recurring theme as Jesus is talking with his disciples just before going to the cross. Now that is not to be understood or thought to mean that, that uh, believers will always follow Uh, perfectly or obey perfectly. There are times when believers fall into disobedience and fail to fully abide in Christ. In addition to this gospel, the Apostle John also wrote three epistles or three letters. In his first epistle, his first letter, he wrote, My little children, I'm writing these things to you that you may not sin. And then he immediately follows that up by saying, If anyone does sin... We have an advocate with the Father, Jesus Christ. You see, it's not that believers never sin. There's only one who has ever been sinless. That is Jesus Christ. But it means that believers can never condone or endorse or approve sin. A believer can never say something is good when God says it's bad. Or say it's bad when God says it's good even if the believer himself is still struggling with that particular area of sin and has not yet had victory over it. So a believer can never condone or endorse, or endorse sin. And then secondly, believers can never continue to be in sin and be comfortable with that because the Holy Spirit resides within us. And if we're continuing to do something that's displeasing to God, there's going to be a conflict inside. Because the Holy Spirit is going to make us uncomfortable. We're not going to be comfortable continuing in sin. And the struggle against sin in the believer's life continues as long as we live in these mortal bodies. That's what the Apostle Paul was confessing in uh, in Romans 7, that the things that he wanted to do, the things that were right in the sight of God, were not the things that he was doing. But the things that he didn't want to do, the things that were wrong in the sight of God, that's what he was doing. And he's so frustrated with himself, he says, O oh, wretched man that I am, who is going to save me from this body of death? And then he points to his Savior and ours, Jesus Christ. And so begins chapter 8 with, Therefore there is no condemnation now to those who are in Christ Jesus. The closer a person becomes to God the greater their awareness of the magnitude of their sin. The Apostle Paul described himself as the chiefest of sinners, the greatest of sinners, or the worst of sinners, is another way of saying it. Humility is indicative of a person's close walk with Christ. Verse 2. Every branch in me that does not bear fruit he takes away takes away or cuts off in some translations, every branch. Now, now some have thought that in this verse that uh, it's being used in the same sense as verse 6, that basically here the Apostle John is introducing what he's going to talk about in greater depth in verse 6. However, you'll notice that in verse 2, he says, every branch in me, or that abides in me. Whereas in verse 6... He's saying every branch that does not abide in me. So he's talking about two different branches. What then is he trying to say here? Well, the word for takes away is the word arrow, which has four basic meanings. It means to lift up or to pick up. It means to lift up figuratively, as in lift up your eyes uh, or lift up your voice. To lift up with the added thought of lifting up to carry weight. And then fourthly, to remove... Or to take away. And many of the translators have chosen to translate the word with this kind of a meaning. But if we take the first and the primary meaning of the word, the sentence would read Every branch in me that does not bear fruit, he lifts up. That is to keep it from lying in the ground. Now, in vineyards, it's it's not uncommon to see. Branches lying on the ground because they've been knocked off by the wind or something or, or they become so heavy with fruit that they've sagged to the ground. And it, when they're sitting on the ground, they're covered with dirt or maybe mud. Uh, they're, they're exposed to disease and to pests. And they can't get the air and the sunshine that they need. And so a vine dresser, seeing the branch laying in the dirt or mud, lifts it up and cleanses it second part of the verse every branch that does bear fruit he prunes that it may bear more fruit now the word here for prunes is translated prunes is kathairo, from which we get the word catharsis which refers to a cleansing process it's the same word that's used in chapter 13 to describe jesus cleansing the feet of the disciples the washing of the feet in virtually every case in the New Testament, "kathairo" is translated cleanse instead of prunes. So if you put these thoughts together, you find something wonderful. It's as though he's saying, every branch in me that bears not fruit, I lift up out of the mud and out of the dirt. And every branch that bears fruit, I cleanse that it might bring forth more fruit. Now the Father prunes true branches by removing anything that might sap their spiritual strength and their fruitful results. And it means stripping away anything that limits righteousness. It means to have our bad habits stripped away, to have our priorities reordered, to have our values changed. Sometimes it means the removal of friends or circumstances that hinder our spiritual growth. Sometimes it means coming under God's discipline. Hebrews tells us as you endure this divine discipline. Remember that God is treating you as his own children. Who ever heard of a child who was never disciplined by his father? The only child that's not disciplined by the father is a child that the father has no interest in at all. If God doesn't discipline you as he does all of his children, it means that you are illegitimate and you're not really his children at all. What is he saying? He says, if you think you're a believer and you're doing stuff that is displeasing to God and God is not disciplining you, you got a major problem because you're not really a child of God. And if you're not really a child of God, you're not going to heaven. You got a bigger problem than whatever problem you're dealing with. It means that you're illegitimate and not really as children at all. Now, since we respected our earthly fathers who disciplined us, shouldn't we submit even more to the discipline of the Father of our spirits and live forever? For our earthly fathers disciplined us for a few years, doing the best they knew how. I tried to be a really good dad. Praise the Lord, in spite of me, I turned out with two great kids. Thank you, Crystal. I tried to do be you the best dad I could. But there are decisions I made as a dad I wish I could go back and change. Our Heavenly Father is so perfect, you'll never hear our Heavenly Father say, I wish I could go back and change the way I disciplined one of my children. Because whatever his discipline is, it's always for good. God's discipline is always good for us so that we might share in His holiness. No discipline is enjoyable while it's happening. It's painful. But afterward, there will be a peaceful harvest of right living for those who are trained this way.
1: Such a difficult concept to grasp sometimes, but so important. You're listening to Study Verse by Verse, a daily visit from Church of the Highlands in San Bruno, featuring the teaching of Pastor Layton Sheely. He's in the book of John, and we'll continue there on the Wednesday edition of our broadcast. I hope you can join us. For more information about Church of the Highlands, please check them out on the web at highlands.us or give them a call at 650-873-4095. On the web, you'll find... Opportunities for men's ministries, women's ministries, all kinds of youth ministries uh, in detail. That's at Highlands.us. And if you'd like more information about an educational opportunity with Highlands Christian Schools, which has been a leader in Christian education in the Bay Area for over 60 years, go to their website through Highlands.us. Have a great rest of your day and come back tomorrow at this same time when we'll pick up the Word of God once again and study it verse by verse.